Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Welcome to Minute with Mary. It's a podcast dedicated to network marketing and unleashing your confidence. So crank up the volume, get out your notepad, and let's turn your side hustle into the business of your dreams. Hi, everybody. How's it going? My name is Mary Larson. I'm an independent, unique presenter and the host for this podcast. And one of the things that first really intrigued me about Unique as a whole was when I learned about the Unique Foundation. And I don't mean touch foundation, my friends, even though that is magic. I'm talking about the Unique Foundation, the nonprofit which we as presenters technically support. Through my knowledge of the Unique Foundation, I've actually had some friends who've been able to now benefit from their services. I as a mom feel completely empowered when it comes to talking about sexual abuse with my four and six-year-old. I mean, how many moms out there can say that? I feel confident in talking about this. Seriously, it's a weird, sticky thing, right? But because of the Unique Foundation and because of its branch like Defend Innocent, I feel super empowered as a woman. I feel empowered as a friend, as a mother. And so today, I thought it would be really important for us to get the official word. You know, the person who's literally in charge of helping us as presenters understand the Unique Foundation. But before we get into the interview, I would love to invite you to subscribe to this podcast on any podcatcher or pod app of your choice. You just go in there, click the search button and search Minute with Mary, or you could even search the word unique. I'll pop on up. You can also follow me at minutewithmary.com or by searching all of those social media places, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube with the hashtag Minute with Mary. And if you are listening to this and you are not yet a presenter and this tickles your fancy and you want to learn a little bit more, you can join me in the fun by heading to joinminuteswithmary.com. All right, let's get into the interview. Joining us today is Kimberly Cole, the presenter outreach ambassador for the Unique Foundation. But before she began working with the foundation in March 2018, she was actually a purple status presenter with Unique Products for four and a half years. She retired from that to start begin working with the Unique Foundation, and she has a very close tie to it because Kimberly is actually a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and was part of the first Haven retreat that happened. So she herself has been able to experience it and now speaks about it with so many people, not only other survivors, but with other presenters. So thank you so much, Kimberly, for coming on to the Minute with Mary podcast today. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm thrilled to be here with you. Well, you know, one of the things that I think is is so important for people to understand, other presenters to understand, is really your background, how you came into being with Unique, because, uh, excuse the pun, but you actually have a very unique perspective in your position. So if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit about your background and how you got to be with Unique and the position that you have now. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I, I definitely do have a unique perspective. Um, so in September of 2013, I joined the Unique family as a presenter, just like everybody else. I fell in love with a mascara that I saw on Facebook, bought it from a complete stranger, and uh, absolutely fell in love with the product. And so I joined as a presenter. And then um, several months later, I went to uh, an elite status training in Utah, which is where Derek first began to talk a little bit about the foundation and how we would, um, how, how he would be establishing that um, in the near future and talked a little bit about what that was about. And being a survivor myself, that definitely caught my attention. It was a really kind of an emotional experience for me. Um, I think I began to realize then that this was a lot more than just makeup for mm -hmm. not just myself, but for a lot of us. And I definitely uh, understood then that this was a lot more than makeup for our founders. And so um, I continued on as a presenter for a few more years. And when our retreats became available through the Unique Foundation, I applied immediately and was able to attend the first retreat that we had in June of 2015. And, um, and then from that point on, I think that I really just subconsciously began waiting for an opportunity <laughs> where I could work <laughs> for the foundation. Um, and then that opportunity presented itself in March of 2018. So I made the decision to uh, step away from the makeup side of things as a business and then took a full full-time position at the foundation, which is um, where I'm still at now. And um, I love everything about it. Every day working for this organization is a joy. That's amazing. And so tell us a little bit more about your current position with the Unique Foundation. Sure. So my actual title is Presenter Outreach Ambassador. And basically what that means is that I'm tasked with being a resource for the presenters. Uh, we really see this position as um, a service position, a way to serve the presenters and a way to give back and help them understand how to marry their makeup business with the mission behind the makeup. And so whether that is doing a team training in person or going into a team page and doing a training um, on a Facebook Live or something like the podcast that we're doing now, um, answering questions, being really a liaison and helping them understand how they can incorporate the foundation, how to talk about the foundation properly and accurately, understanding our programs and services, and then kind of meld that seamlessly into their unique products business um, is really my main goal. Mm -hmm. Being a presenter myself, I have, of course, been able to learn a lot about how the Unique Foundation came to be. But for those who may be new on their journey or if someone is listening to this and may not even be that well aware, how did the Unique Foundation start off? So actually, the foundation was the motivation behind the creation of Unique Products. So um, our founders at the foundation, Derek and Shalane Maxfield, there was a woman in their life that was a adult, an, an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse. And they just realized, I think, because they're just very kind, compassionate people, they realized how that childhood trauma was continuing to her 
in her everyday life in a negative way as an adult. And that she was carrying around things like shame and guilt and all this negative self-talk, you know, over something that she didn't bring on to herself. And they just felt like it was really an injustice. And um, they really wanted to, to, to do something about that. And so they decided to form the foundation. But in order to be able to do that, they realized that they would have to have a way to fund that uh you know, in a perpetual manner. And so they decided to create another company that would allow the financing for the foundation. And that company was Unique Products. And so that's how the makeup company came to be. And it grew so quickly that what was something, you know, Derek thought it might take five, five 10, 12 years in order for that funding to be, to be available. And it took less than five. It took two or three. And so uh, I believe the foundation was technically formed in 2014 and they hosted the first retreat in June of 2015. So it, it was really, the foundation was really a precursor to the makeup company itself. And the foundation is really the driving force behind what the Maxfields are doing with unique products. That's amazing that they had, you know, this, this need, they just felt um, really kind of overcome with, with this desire to create the unique foundation to help these victims of childhood sexual abuse. And that it has been able to snowball so quickly into building, you know, the retreat into having so many retreats. And now there's a second retreat location. I, I, I think it's unbelievably amazing. And it goes to show you the power that, you know, presenters and the general public when they make the donations and everything and the support that we have overall as a community. But in addition, because it's happened so quickly and because the success of unique products has happened so quickly, there's sometimes this, this gray line of trying to figure out, okay, so how does unique products help the unique foundation? I think that that is a really kind of tricky area to explain. So could you clarify that? Yeah. So, and I agree. I think that both organizations have grown very quickly and um, not through a, a fault on anyone's part. I just think because everything happened quickly, uh, some lines were blurred just through misunderstandings. And so that's another thing that I really strive to do in this position is to help clarify that in a way that a presenter is able to understand it well enough that she can explain it to her teams or to a customer. So Unique Products is a for-profit corporation and the Unique Foundation is an IRS 501c3 public charity. So we are regulated by the IRS and they dictate that we have to get at least one third of our funding from the general public the remainder of our budget funding can come from large private donors like the Maxfields. Um, historically, we have just barely been squeaking by getting that one third from the general public, which is completely understandable being a new organization. But something really exciting has started to happen recently. We are just beginning to see that needle move just a little bit where we're starting to get a little bit more than one third of our funding from the general public. So when a presenter uh, makes an order on her website, 
and goes through the checkout process or when a customer goes through the checkout process, they are prompted and asked if they would like to round up. And so if your order is $46.75, it will give you an opportunity to round up to an even $47. And that quarter is donated directly to the foundation. Uh, it also gives you the prompt, I believe, if you'd like to make that donation a little bit larger, like a dollar or $5, you have an opportunity to do that as well. And so all of the roundup dollars are considered public donations. And then presenters also have an opportunity to set up a recurring monthly donation in their back office. It can be as little as $5. The general public can also do that on our website, which is uniquefoundation.org. All of those donations are considered public donations and they help make up that one third minimum that we have to get from the general public. And then the remainder is filled in by large private donors. The reason we're so excited about moving this needle a little bit is because um, as we start to get more recognition, awareness, and support from the general public, it tells us that more people outside of our immediate unique family are becoming aware of this silent epidemic of child sexual abuse. It tells us that more people are hearing these messages, more people are beginning to understand these statistics, and that more people are willing to join in this fight with us. So we're really excited to see that happen. Um, just to give you a little bit of context, Roundup Dollars alone, just the roundup dollars, not including any other type of donation, on average, uh, bring in about $60,000 a month, wow. which is just, it's a huge amount of money. And we are just so incredibly grateful for, you know, every time somebody donates that extra quarter or that extra dollar, because it really does add up and it allows us to just do our work. Um, much more effectively and much more quickly. But to put it in perspective, to run one retreat is also about $60,000, $65,000. And we are running multiple retreats a month. Wow. Beginning today, we're doing that two locations. And so obviously the need for funding continues, um, you know, but we are, we're so incredibly grateful for the presenters helping us reach these milestones. Um, it's also important to note that Unique Products and the Unique Foundation are completely separate organizations. We have different organizational structures. We have different leadership. Um, we very much hold hands in the mission of mm -hmm. uh, child sexual abuse, but we are completely separate organizations. Yeah, and then that's where I think it's so important that people understand that even though they both have the name unique in them, that they are separate um, entities and that as presenters, it's important for us to educate ourselves, but also educate our customers that, you know, to make the Unique Foundation possible, it does take those donations. So what kind of wording would you suggest for us as presenters when we do talk about the Unique Foundation in a party or an event or we're trying to help people understand that they can round up? 
Yeah, absolutely. So I know historically, and even I've been guilty of this myself back in the early days before I understood this, you know, sometimes people will say things like a portion of every sale goes to help childhood sexual abuse survivors or a portion of every tube of mascara I sell, you know, goes to help or a percentage of. And and really, um, that's not accurate because we're working off of that one third minimum that the IRS requires us to get from the public. So it's accurate and always proper to just say something very general, like the Unique Foundation is the nonprofit organization that Unique Products supports, Mm -hmm. or because each presenter is um, an independent contractor and works for themselves, it would be very appropriate for, like for you, Mary, to to say the Unique Foundation is the nonprofit that I support Mm -hmm. with my business or that I support. And so using that type of wording is not only accurate, but safe. You don't ever have to worry about whether or not you're getting that part right. But tying the support to a percentage of a sale Um, that's where it's really inaccurate. And we definitely understand that none of that has been malicious. I think every presenter has only the best of intentions. And we're so grateful that the presenters are willing to talk about us. We just know that we need to do a little bit better job helping them understand how to do it properly. Amazing. And you know, it's through these parties or through these events that not only are we able to share our enthusiasm for the unique products, we're able to encourage people to have these donations, but also build awareness about the opportunities that the Unique Foundation has to offer. And I know myself, I'm a mom with two young kids. One of the biggest things that I'm thankful for is not only the Unique Foundation, and I've had a friend who's already gone there, I have another friend who's going to be going there soon, but also the branch of Defend Innocence. And I wanted to know if you could help talk about kind of this family tree that's going on now through the Unique Convention with these other outlets that are able to help this fight against childhood sexual abuse. Yeah, so it's really exciting. We actually operate uh, three different brands right now under the broad umbrella of the Unique Foundation. So we have healing services that are all focused on adult female survivors of childhood sexual abuse. And we do that in a couple of different ways. We have our retreats, which I think a lot of presenters are already aware of. We are starting the second, uh, actually our first group of retreat participants is going through our new Georgia location today. They start, that's so incredibly exciting. Um, So we have the retreats. We also have, a newer program that I'm really excited about. And these are called Finding Hope Support Groups. If you are an adult survivor of childhood sexual abuse, you can visit findinghope.org. And if you kind of get a vision in your head of what an AA meeting looks like, these are peer-led groups. So the only people in the meetings are adult female survivors. They are um, peer-led peer ran. We provide the materials. Uh, The only cost to start a group or to attend a group is just the materials themselves. 
Uh, we do not make any profit off of those. They're very, very uh, cost effective. And these are small groups, eight to 10 women. They meet once a week for about an hour. Everything is very structured and scripted. And this really brings a sense of safety, community, and education into um, local communities everywhere. So this takes a lot of the same teachings that we offer at the retreat, and it brings them into local communities where they're available to more survivors. That's amazing. It's also, oh, it's, it's, I'm so excited about these support groups. I'm actually in the process of starting one myself. We didn't have these back in 2015 when I went to the retreat. And I think that this is just a really fantastic addition to our menu of services. So we, uh, and then we also have, I'm sorry, then we also have um, online resources. So these are free. All of our resources are free. And um, these are really for anyone, whether you're a survivor or whether you're a supporter of a survivor. We have resources on our website for both. Our website is uniquefoundation.org. We have fantastic volunteer opportunities there. We have some super cute swag in our shop. And all of the proceeds from the swag goes directly to benefit the foundation and to help us with our services. So we've got retreats, support groups, and online resources. Then under our Defend Innocence brand, this is our brand that is completely focused on education and prevention. And so we are, uh, we're offering free resources to parents, caregivers, and communities on how to prevent our children from becoming victims mm -hmm. of child sexual abuse. So there are interactives, there are infographics, there are blog posts, there are volunteer opportunities, there are classes in the community that volunteers can attend and teach. There are just a ton of uh, resources at defendinnocence.org. One of my favorite resources there is for parents, and they're called Little Talks and Kid Chats. And these are really just conversation starters and conversation prompts to help parents open up the dialogue with their children and continue that dialogue. You know, it's so common. I have a little guy myself who's seven and a half. And I'll pick him up from school, and I know darn well he's had a really full day, right? Mm -hmm. Gets in the car, and I'm like, hey, buddy, how was your day? It was good. What'd you do? Oh, I don't know. You know, and that's like the end of it, right? Yes, yes. And trying to get more out of him is like pulling teeth, you know? You're like, hey, kid, you're a first grader. This shouldn't be like, it shouldn't take an act of Congress, <laughs> you know? But But that's just kids, right? And so some of these conversation starters and conversation prompts are really helpful to, to really uh, continuing and deepening those conversations with our children because research shows that one of the very best things a parent can do to keep their children safe mm -hmm. is to have open, continuous dialogue with your children about anything and everything. Because if they're used to having open dialogue with you about all of the little benign vanilla things that happen in their life, when something big and scary happens or something makes them uncomfortable, you're the obvious person that they're going to come talk to about that. 
But if they're not really in the habit and used to talking to you every day just about life in general, you probably won't be the obvious choice in their mind. And that can be um, definitely a dangerous situation. You want to be the ones talking to your kids about these things. Yes, definitely. And, you know, it's through the Unique Foundation and through Defend Innocence that I learned how staggering these statistics truly are for for childhood sexual abuse. And because of it, it's made me want to be a a bigger advocate. Even something as simple as you said is wearing some swag that might have a phrase on it, you know, something like no more one in four. People have then asked me, you know, what does that mean? What is no more one in four? So can you dive into that statistic a little bit because that is mind-blowing to me. Yeah, they really are. So current statistics show that one in four girls will be sexually abused before the age of 18 and one in six boys. And so we have to remember that these are reported cases. And in, in most instances of childhood sexual abuse, it won't be reported, or at least it won't be reported anytime soon. And so the statistics alone are staggering enough when you figure 20% of children will be sexually abused before the age of 18. But when you really think about the fact that those statistics are probably quite low compared to the reality of the situation, um, it is absolutely a silent epidemic. Mm -hmm. And You know, there's nothing good about it except that we can make a difference. And I think back to, you know, other things that that society has really tackled and made a difference. And, you know, I'm so I'm 51. And I remember when I was little driving in the car with my grandparents and my great grandma, no seatbelts, no car seat. I would stand in the front seat with my arm around the driver, yes, you know, yes. <laughs> shield, you know, I look back on that now and I'm like, how did any of us survive? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, you know, I would never in a bazillion years think to do that with my own children these days. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, it always reminds me a lot of, I believe it was Maya Angelou who said, you know, when we learned better, we did better. Or when we knew better, we did better. I'm probably butchering that quote. But, um, you know, I think that's what happened, right? Mm-hmm. Over time, society began to realize that people and children traveling in a vehicle that way was just not safe. And so now we have seatbelt laws and we have child safety seats and, you know, you can't leave the hospital with a newborn unless a nurse walks you out and makes sure that your child is properly in a child safety seat. And so over time, those types of things have have made car travel safer. And so this is this is no different. You know, when society, I think, begins to truly understand the silent epidemic of child sexual abuse and more people begin to come along beside us in this fight, whether that is with a monetary donation to help us continue our work or whether that is volunteering, which is extremely important to us. Our volunteers are so incredibly important to our work. Or whether that's doing something, you know, like what you're doing right now, which, by the way, we consider a volunteer opportunity. But, you know, what you're doing is really being an influencer because you're taking our message to a larger audience that maybe we don't directly have access to without you. Mm -hmm. 
And so when society, I think, begins to understand the problem and is willing to help us meet it head on, um, this is absolutely something that we can make a difference in. And that's the special word is, you know, society needs to be involved for it to have such an impact. And it's so sadly taboo to use a word like sexual abuse, you know, especially with the word children involved in it. And I think that that's been part of the obstacle of why it is such a big epidemic, but then also why it's so unreported. You know, people feel so uncomfortable. They don't want to talk about it. But also because of that, um, people who maybe aren't necessarily personally affected feel awkward having these conversations, learning about it, learning about the statistics. And you had talked about how um, taboo it was for people to talk about breast cancer and what a difference it's now been. So could you go into that a little bit? Yeah, I always think about the taboo around this subject, which I understand. I mean, this isn't, you know, a warmy, fuzzy topic Mm -hmm. and we get that, right? But I always think about breast cancer and I think about when, you know, when I was a little girl, I was born in 1968 and I remember in the 70s, you know, when someone that my family knew would have breast cancer, it was always whispered, you know, they would say, oh, she has breast cancer, you know, like the dirty word, right? And I think it was because the word breast was in it and society has completely sexualized that word. And so uh, it was just a, you know, it was a taboo topic. And then I look at today, the NFL wears pink and they spend an entire month having football players talk about the people in their lives who have been touched by breast cancer. There are entire marathons that are run all over the country. There are massive nonprofit organizations focused on donations for research and treatment and education and prevention. And women get mammograms now and they, they have mammogram parties where they all go together with their friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's society has really began to understand the issue of breast cancer. They have come around it with um, support and funding and research and time and effort. And women survive breast cancer all the time now. Mm -hmm. And it's detected so much sooner. And so I look at this opportunity that we have with child sexual abuse very much like that. I think a lot of this is just about spreading awareness helping people understand this topic, changing the public dialogue so that the taboo surrounding this topic begins to diminish. Mm -hmm. When we can really start to talk about the issue at hand, we have an opportunity to make large societal change. I completely agree. And I think that we as unique presenters, you know, we have such an interesting and intimate platform, you know, doing these lives where, yes, we're talking frequently about our makeup, frequently we don't even talk about our makeup while we're doing it. We're talking about things in our day-to-day lives. And I have found that it's been very useful for me to 
weave in this conversation about the resources that are available. And I just upfront say it in my lives. Like, I know this is going to be an awkward topic, but I need to put it out there because I don't know who's listening. I don't know who's watching. And someone who, you know, is, is watching, they might need these resources or they might be someone who would want to check out the retreat. So I'm putting this out there to let you know. Yeah. And this is something that I think um, once you really start to make it a practice of marrying the mission into your makeup business, you start to get instant feedback because this is such a widespread epidemic. There are there is no presenter who doesn't know a survivor of child sexual abuse. We all know one. We actually all know several. Mm-hmm. If you even think on the low side, right, if we just go with reported statistics, 20% of the people that you know were sexually abused before they were 18. 20%, yeah. that's one in five. That's yeah. huge. And so when a presenter thinks about the people that she reaches through her social audience, especially whether that be in a virtual party or whether that be doing a live, there are a minimum of 20% of your audience who have been personally affected by this. And you may not know who they are, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. You don't really need to know who they are. I think that it's important that we understand the statistics are out there And that tells us that someone listening to you has been affected by this. They may never tell you, hey, I took advantage of those free resources on your website or, hey, I just got back from the retreat or, you know, my sister-in-law and I have started a support group. Some survivors will never be vocal about that. And that is okay. Mm -hmm. We don't necessarily always have to see the fruits of this work. I think, um, the subject matter itself. And like we talked about the taboo behind it, uh, you may never know who you touched when you shared this message and these resources, but I can tell you from a few years of experience as a presenter, um, just knowing and believing that this message would find the people that needed it Mm -hmm. kept me going. And then at some point there would be a message that came into my inbox, you know, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. I just thought this was a makeup company. Like every other company, I had no idea. This is what you guys were really about. I'm so inspired by the work you're doing. Uh, You know, I'm a survivor myself or my daughter's a survivor. My mom's a survivor. Uh, You know, thank you for sharing the website information, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. It's just such a widespread problem that you're going to touch someone with the positivity of our message of hope. Um, Really, all you have to do is just be willing to share it. So we've talked about the different opportunities that people can have, whether it's the online resources or the local support groups. I would like to know a little bit more about what goes on at the retreat for people who may be listening, who themselves have been thinking about going to the retreat. Can you tell us a little bit more about what the experience is like? Yeah. So um, it is a four day free retreat for survivors and uh, four days. I know that might sound (laughs) a little strange. I remember when I heard about it, you know, I had been in and out of therapy for 25 plus years and I 
remember thinking four days, what the heck can they do for me in four days? But it is such a powerful experience because it it gives the survivor safety, community, and education. Mm-hmm. So you're in this very safe, private location surrounded by other female survivors who absolutely understand what you're feeling, what you're going through, what this early childhood trauma has kind of caused in your your brain and trauma in the brain and um, some of the struggles that maybe you've had in your life because of it, some of the negative self-talk this has created. Being in that environment with other women who truly understand all of that, when most of us walk around feeling like nobody understands us, is extremely comforting. Mm -hmm. It's very liberating. Um, having that community is, is just pivotal in this process. And then the education piece, I think for me, that was the key. Um, they teach trauma in the brain. And I remember when those classes were happening, they would say something and my jaw would just about drop. And I would think, you're kidding me. Like, they knew I was thinking that way. Or uh-huh. they knew what my thought process was. And they just explained to me why I've been feeling that way all these years. They gave me words to identify feelings that I couldn't even put a name to, uh-huh. right? They taught me so much about what the trauma had caused. And then more importantly, they taught me ways to overcome that. And they do that through a, a number of, of different options. But one of the things that I think is really powerful is they help connect a survivor back with her body in a positive, safe way. So you're able to try trauma-sensitive yoga you're able to participate in Muay Thai. What is they, Muay Thai for people who don't know what that is? <laughs> Muay Thai is a is a martial art is a martial art discipline, and um, it really it I think it just clicks in your brain somehow when you're able to connect with your body in a positive way, mm-hmm. and you start to take the power back. Right, that I think that's probably the easiest way I can put it you start to take the power back. And, you know, I think a lot of survivors, they get stuck, right? Trauma in the brain does that, mm-hmm. okay? And so you feel stuck. You kind of feel frozen. It's almost like the trauma that happened 30 years ago is is right there, like it just happened yesterday. And so some of these um, different therapeutic modalities and experiences help you move through that. And I can only say that the level of healing and education that happened in those four days was probably as helpful, if not more helpful than all 25 plus years of therapy. We don't view the retreat as a replacement Mm -hmm. for talk therapy. We see it in addition to talk therapy. Um, they also do uh, a little bit of group therapy while you're there. It's a very safe, structured environment. So 
I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to go. They're going to make me share all the details or, you know, they want me to talk in depth about everything that happened to me. And that's absolutely not what what they do in group therapy. It's a very safe, gentle environment. Mm -hmm. Very, very helpful. And I literally to this day, it's been a little more than four years. And some of the techniques that I learned at the foundation, I use every single day. Wow. Um, even now. And I think that continuing to have that toolbox at my disposal, uh, it's been life changing. It's absolutely been life changing. Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. And alongside you, how many other survivors have been able to go through the retreat so far? If you had to give a guesstimate. Yeah, I don't have an exact number as of right now, but I do know that if we're not at 3,000, we're quickly approaching mm -hmm. 3,000 survivors, which is just incredible in four years. You know, it's it's just, I look back to June of 2015 when I went to that first one, there were 11 of us mm -hmm. in that first group. And now to think that there's, you know, 3,000. That's unbelievable. Uh, it's just mind boggling. And it's, it's really a beautiful thing because, you know, I think a lot of people will hear a message like this and they think, oh, you know, I think that's a great cause. And yes, I'd like to donate a couple of dollars, you know, but I, I want to make a larger impact, right? Or I want my dollars that I donate to go to something that makes a larger societal impact. And I think sometimes people think this is just one person that they're helping. But in reality, when you send one survivor home, and she is now able to be proactive in her own healing, you're changing her you're changing the relationship she has with her spouse or partner, the relationship she has with her children, her co-workers, people in her community, her friends, everyone she knows. And so when you help one survivor heal, you're actually affecting so many relationships. And when you think alone of the way that she will be able to respond to her children mm -hmm. and the healthy relationships that she can foster with her children, that is generational. So when those children have a healthy mom at home, they will be healthier parents when they have kids. Right. And yeah. so I think the, the, the ongoing benefits um, are something that it's important to note also. So you have this amazing retreat, which has had just shy of 3,000 survivors be able to attend in, in Utah. Now, of course, the Georgia retreat is just opening the week that we're recording this, which is so incredibly exciting. What are the next steps? What's the future look like for the Unique Foundation? Well, our hope is that uh, we will be able to continue to grow the way we have been. And um, I know Shalane Maxfield, our president, um, her her goal is that our next location would be somewhere overseas. And I don't have an identified area. She hasn't announced that. I'm not sure that she um, has an answer for where exactly that would be. 
But I do know that her hope is that our third location will not be in the U.S. I think she'd like to see it be uh, on the European continent somewhere. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, Kimberly, thank you. And thank your team, like everyone who's who's working so tirelessly with the Unique Foundation for everything that you do. You know, it just, as I said, I, I got to know about Unique products through the mascara, like probably so many people. And then once I learned about the Unique Foundation, it just opened my eyes, A, being a new mom to to really the the epidemic that is going on, but also to just seeing the company, both companies through a different lens. Absolutely. And, you know, for listening, um, I know sometimes people say, you know, gosh, this is a cause I would love to help with. I would love to be involved. I don't know how. What can I do? One of the easiest ways a presenter can help us is just simply sharing on social. Uh, I think unique presenters have a ton of social influence on Mm -hmm. Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Twitter and that type of thing. And so you can visit our main social sites. We have a site, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. And you can follow the Unique Foundation or you can follow Finding Hope, uh, support, I'm sorry, Defend Innocence. And then you can just simply share from those main pages. You don't necessarily have to craft any content of your own. If you would like to send a particular message and you're having some questions about how you can craft a message or what some appropriate language is, I'm more than happy to help you with that. But for something that you don't really have to worry about crafting yourself, you can literally just share content from our main social sites. And that's extremely helpful to us. They're beautifully done, as you said, like very well crafted. And to me, you know, one of the things that I struggle with as a presenter is I don't want necessarily my Facebook you know, page to always be about the makeup that I do sell. You know, yes, I'm going to be throwing in my family, but I do think that it is important to be able to share, you know, this bigger mission and to be able to be sharing it from these official pages just adds a lot more credibility to it as well. So people can see the post, uh, you know, as you said, these beautiful infographics that are very well done, um, you know, great resources, but then from there, they can actually go straight to the resource. Facebook page or Instagram, as you said, all these social media outlets directly. So it's just another great tool that that you all have created that we are now able to use to, to really help spread spread the word about it. So thank you. Yeah, and I and I agree. You know, I think one of the unique challenges, no pun intended, for a presenter is you don't want your news feed to just be makeup, 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 right? You want a good balance there. And where not everybody that sees your post will be interested in makeup or skincare, you know, um, not everybody will, that that message won't resonate with everybody. But when you're um, balancing that out with your regular just lifestyle post of being a real mom or wife or, you know, whatever that is. And then you're also sprinkling in some of this content from the foundation or from Defend Innocence. I think it helps your newsfeed be a little bit better balanced. And I think that I know for me personally, there were times when maybe I had had somebody that was my Facebook friend, for example, 
for two or three years. And maybe she had never liked a single makeup post I did. Mm -hmm. Maybe she had never bought a tube of lipstick or anything like that. But she would like all my posts about the foundation or she would comment about my post or she would share my post. And so where maybe the makeup side of my business wasn't resonating with her, the social cause behind what we're doing resonated with her. And so I think it, it's just a really well-balanced approach to a social media audience all the way around. Totally agree. Well, thank you, Kimberly, so much. If people wanted to reach out to you, as you said earlier in this ep- episode, you know, you your whole job is really to help other presenters understand the unique foundation better. So how can people reach out to you best? Yeah, absolutely. They can email me at kcole, my first initial last name, kcole at uniquefoundation.org. They can also follow or friend me on Facebook. I do have an Instagram, but I'm not terribly good about checking it (laughs) regularly. I'll just be really honest. Um, I also do have a Facebook business page, um, just Kimberly Cole, Unique Foundation Presenter Outreach Ambassador. Um, They can follow that page as well. And then we also have um, our own pop. So just like Unique Products has Unique Family Presenters Only page, the Unique Foundation has our own pop. Um, with one little caveat, it is for presenters and their spouse or significant other. Mm-hmm. And so presenters can join that page. We do group posts where I craft the language for you, which I'm finding is very helpful. I have a lot of really good feedback on that. We also run contests. We give away swag. We do fun things and we do training. Um, I go a little bit more in depth sometimes over the products and services to help you better understand who we are and what we do. And those types of things I think are helpful to the presenters because once you understand it, uh, it's much easier for you to talk about it to others. Agreed. Agreed. Well, thank you once again for taking the time to come on this podcast and really help us better understand the Unique Foundation, how it works in tandem with Unique Products, how we as presenters can better be advocates for childhood sexual abuse. And thank you for, for allowing people to understand all these amazing resources that the Unique Foundation has to offer. Well, you're very welcome. And Mary, we want to thank you because, you know, presenters like you who are really engaging with us on a more personal level and who are willing to do the legwork like this to help us spread our mission and our message. Um, We're just incredibly grateful for your time and effort. So thank you on behalf of the foundation for asking us to be with you guys today. If you ever have an opportunity to see Kim in real life. IRL. I finally learned out that that's what that meant, not Ireland. IRL. Yep. I'm that big of a nerd, guys. <laughs> if you ever have the opportunity to see her, whether at a local event or maybe she's going to be doing a Facebook live training for your group or heck, maybe you're about to go to Orlando yourself just like me to see her at convention, I highly recommend it. She is down to earth. She's the real deal. And she really has such an amazing heart for the Unique Foundation. Um, And really, what I love about her, she's just so personable that people who themselves are survivors or maybe people who have someone who they know, love, and trust who's a survivor, you're able to have more of that intimate one-on-one time with her to really understand the opportunities that are available through the Unique 
Foundation. So all the props to Kimberly Cole. So happy that the Unique Foundation created this position to make it a bit more intimate for us as presenters to be able to understand a little bit more. And I hope that you're able to take away a few of those tips and ways that Kimberly suggested that we can interweave the Unique Foundation into our business. You know, so much of what we do is share online, on social media, in our lives, in our posts. And by doing something as simple as wearing a shirt from the Unique Foundation, it can be a conversation starter. Or as, you know, if there are different kudos or bundles available that directly go to proceed, um, you know, the Unique Foundation, frequently that does happen. Um, You know, you can really talk about it in your lives and to make sure that it is something that you touch upon in your parties, in your events, because you never know. You honestly never know who could be sitting on the other side of this World Wide Web who needs to hear this message. I am speaking from experience. There have been people who are pretty much strangers to me that have seen these posts in my online events and have said, how did you know? How did you know that I needed something like this? I've had friends who I had no idea were survivors because I've been so open about um, these opportunities on my wall have come up to me and said, you know what, I want to apply for the retreat. So I just want to make sure that you all are aware of the amazing resources that are available. And hopefully this podcast was of great use to you. hope you enjoyed this episode of the Minute with Mary podcast. I would love to connect with you on social media. No joke, guys. I literally sit in my basement talking on a microphone. If you're listening to this, shoot me a message. And the easiest way to find me is just to search the hashtag Minute with Mary. Find me and say, girl, I heard you. I heard you on my walk with my dog. I listened to you as I washed my dishes or as I like you know, did some kickboxing or maybe you're like really cool and you like run marathons. If you listen to me during a marathon, you are impressive. I'll sit back and eat my tacos. Well, if you feel like this episode provided value in your effort to expand your dream business, please, please, please do me a favor and leave an honest review and rating in your podcast app of choice. And you can also share this episode with your friend or with your team because word of mouth has always been and will always be the very best way that podcasts are discovered. And if you'd like to hear more of me and the podcasts I produce along with this one, you totally can. I'll give you a hint though. They're not business related. I nerd out with to other topics that bring me great joy. They might be about Game of Thrones or they might be about Hamilton. Yes, guys, I'm a straight up nerd. And if you'd like to hear my husband, who has a Boston accent, join me along with my Rhode Island accent, then you're in luck. You can find all of these projects at maryandblake.com. As for now, thank you so much for listening. My name's Mary Larson. Get out there and unleash your confidence. Confidence.